With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's the Anfield Wrap. Neil Atkinson, Gareth Roberts, Mel Reddy and Stu Wright with you to talk about Liverpool versus Watford, or more accurately Watford versus Liverpool, Watford 3, Liverpool 3. And Gareth, I'll start with you really, get straight in. It's um, strange that we probably would all be more sound with a turgid 1-1. We got an exciting 3-3 as ever, football matches tell their own stories and you draw conclusions from them. Yeah, it's all about it's all about the context of the way it went, really, isn't it? I think um, you know, first game of the season, the Coutinho situation, everything else. It, it kind of felt like we needed a performance and a result to sort of clear the decks and give everyone a little bit, you know, a little bit of a positive boost. And and we didn't get that, um, but we we were close to it, and I think that's what's so frustrating about it. You know, to to play as abject as they did in the first half and then to bring it back and get into the game and get get themselves in a winning position after playing some good stuff and scoring good goals and then to, to throw it away so stupidly again. It was hard to take and it felt like a defeat. Um, I, I, I actually woke up on Sunday. I mean, beer might have helped this situation, like, but I, I actually woke up on Sunday thinking we got beat for a moment, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it felt that way and, and it was totally deflating and... It's a worry. It's a worry because it rolls into into Hoffenheim now, and you kind of wonder how much the the transfer request and the behaviour of Coutinho's uh, affected everyone. Because I think not only would it be in the heads of the players, no matter what the manager says to them, but also it'll be in the heads of Watford. Like I think, I think you look at the way Watford come out in that game, and I th- I think they could sense blood and that they thought you know Liverpool might not might not be out of there. And so we'll get into them. And they got into us loads in that first half an hour or so. And we couldn't cope with it. It's also that frustration that you can score three goals and still not win a game. I think that's the issue. You know, Neil, your point of you take a 1-1 draw, because you do think to yourself, it is the first game of the season, so naturally sometimes teams are not completely at it yet. They grow into the competitiveness of things. And so, yeah, if it was a 1-1, you just write it off as one of those... Well, in a way, a, a point season. away from home is always a point away from home, if you know yeah. what I mean. And so you, you always say, well, that's not bad. That's, that's all right. But it was just the manner of it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is the, the way everything uh, conspired on the pitch. The, the fa- like we say, that the defensive failings, again, that your attack can go on and bail you out. And even though you're not performing well, can do what they're supposed to do. And then, you know, at the other end of the pitch. And it is a combination of... of bad defending and bad luck, but still I think bad defending invo- invites more bad luck than it does good. Um, and yeah, it, it was just the worst way, I think, to start the season, to have those familiar problems glaring at you again, like you said, Robbo, given everything else that's gone on in the last week. Skip. Yeah, this. That's the hope that kills you, isn't it, really? I mean, you've had three months of hope and we'll get something done and we'll move things forward and and then you know we go out and put a performance like that, and we see a lot of the the same old flaws, the same old ills there. Uh, and I think I think it's 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 pretty clear now that the that the issues are systemic. The issues are within um, the ragged edge that we play on, and therefore you've got to when the same things keep happening time and time again within the way we play, you've got to think okay, well you've you've got a couple of choices here. Number one. 
change the personnel. Now, the manager's got a... He's always talking about the faith and trust that he's got within the personnel. I don't necessarily buy into that. You know, the whole... You know, the, the, the Rafa... But he says, "Quote: of football is a lie. It's all a controlled message, and it's all, it's all an element of well, if he's got these lads and he's not been able to bring other ones in, and he's got a, he's not going to slate them, is he? He's not going to destroy them. Um, I mean, you look what what's happened with with the, the mood of Chelsea at the moment. With you know, Conte's basically giving the players an excuse, and they've gone out and done that. So I think, I think one of the issues is personnel, and um, and I'm not just talking about." The defence here, everything is getting laid at the, the, the door of the defence, but I think there's more to it than that. And the other issue is, the other, the other choice you can do is, all right, well, you change your tactics, you change your formation. So Neil mentioned at the start of the show there that perhaps if we'd had a turgid 1-1, we might feel a little bit different. And we saw a lot of those kind of dogged performances at the back end of last season. Um, and we played in a different way. We were not on the ragged edge as we are, you know, usually uh, under this manager. And... <clears throat> I think um, you, you can either change your philosophy or you can change the way you set up your team. And we're playing with two fullbacks who are pushing very, very high up the pitch. There's a perfect example just prior to the first goal for Watford where um, Lovren is completely exposed because Trent is too high up the pitch. Does uh, well, Lovren. He does, he does well, Lovren. He's been slated Lovren in the game. And I listen, I'm not his greatest fan, but... Um, I think in that instance he does well. I don't think he had a good game, but in that instance he did really well. I but I, I think what Carragher said was also right that you could have the best central central defenders in the world, and they're still going to be struggling with the same mm. issues because they're left they're being left exposed. Um, and and Trent who who did a lot of good in the game, not least the set pieces, but he did a lot of good, and there's a, there's a lot of excitement around this lad, but. He was too high up the pitch in that moment, not put, putting that down to him. It's a system issue. It's the way we're set up to play. It's clear that the fullbacks are pushing high up the pitch. So if you do that, then and then you've got to appreciate the fact that you're leaving your two centre-halves exposed. So you're, it's, it's either a personnel issue and you get better centre-halves who, who are, can cope better in that situation, which I'm not sure you're necessarily going to get, or... You change the, your formation. You throw a third centre half in there, and you play with, with wing back, wing backs who will get up the pitch, or you drop a more defensive midfielder, minded midfielder in there who plays and splits the centre halves, and is not just playing within there like we often see Henderson do that when we're on the ball. We haven't really got one of them. We haven't. We haven't. Klopp's, he, he's, he's, it's been noticeable that he's not gone after a DM yeah. um, since you know he's, he's come into the team. Now the Rogers, for that matter. And I think if we play this way. If we get it right, we're going to look unbelievable. I was just about to but say that you see, I think the issue is not the system itself, but the implementation of it, which Liverpool failed horribly at in, in all aspects of it. The, the, they invited Watford to expose their weaknesses instead of enhancing their strengths because they weren't at it in the first half. At, at no point really in the first half did they look like themselves. Uh, and the only real period of play where I think Liverpool did what you know is expected of them is that uh, Sadio Mane's goal that is Liverpool that is how Liverpool are supposed to play um, but in Mane's goal I just want to pick you up on that in Mane's goal you actually see one of the things that leads to the issue that Stu's saying yeah so for instance Emre Chan is on their fullback he's that advanced he's playing centre mid and he's on their fullback and he does brilliantly yeah but and this is I'm I'm, I'm 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 illustrating this as the pros and cons of this. Mm. If 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 Chan's not there, we don't score. Yeah. But if Chan's pass isn't perfect, they turn around, they've got the ball back, and Chan is now forty yards away from Henderson on one side of the pitch, 
Wijnaldum's 40 yards away from Henderson on the other side of the pitch, and they put a big ball forwards, and there's massive holes. Absolutely, that's the risk, but when the risk... You've seen the reward of that risk. You saw Liverpool play at the start of last season, and when they're on it, how well it works. And obviously, the manager is backing the players out on the pitch, and absolutely, yes, personnel. Liverpool should have done a lot more in the transfer window than they have already. They've not ticked off two big weaknesses that they've assessed it's still not sorted yet and there's you know times running out to sort that out but the players he puts on the pitch that have worked in hong kong that have worked in germany on all these aspects all these elements the defending of set pieces and all that he's backing them to with all that with another year of experience to implement what they need to do better they they were poor they were really really poor and I think as much as we we pick on, we can't have it all our own way. We can't want Liverpool to be this exceptional, you know, explosive force, and then also want them to be the best team ever at defending. You have to find the balance, yes, which they didn't obviously have um, against Watford. But I don't think you just take the system and throw it away. When no, no, you, no. When you've I think seen balance is balance is everything. Yeah. You look at you look at. Okay, I'm going to mention Tottenham here. Who they don't play with the same level of threat as we do, but I'd say there's noticeably a better balance there. Um, and their wing, their fullbacks play very high up the pitch. We saw last year at Walker and Rose, great attacking threat. So what did he do? He's got a, he's got Dyer who, who can slot in and be a third centre half. And I just think there's a search on to get better balance because one of two things is happening here. Either what the manager is asking the plays to do when he's he, how many times have we heard him talk about closing down half spaces well what Neil just described then about um, the spaces in between the midfield that's the half spaces is it when we see it for the we see it for Watford's second goal Jeannie Wijnaldum I mean he left the space like a, for, like a bus could drive through um, instead of moving across to support and close the space down between him and where Emery Chan and Henderson were trying to close down the ball and that led to the goal um, what the manager is asking the players to do is either too difficult or it's too difficult for these players to do consistently and that's where it's a personnel issue so I think there's a choice there there's a choice that's either strategic and tactical if you're going to work with these players or it's a case of I know that this system can work. I know that we can get the balance within it, but I just need the correct personnel, personnel who can execute it consistently. Um, and we're just that that balance isn't there consistently. And you do you do feel at times, as much as we can be electric, we can also be kamikaze. Yeah, I, you, we also have to, I think, point out the fact that these creative players were absent. So we had no Lalana, no Coutinho, which obviously solves the issue of the first half where Liverpool just had absolutely nothing in possession. The midfield was non-existent. There was no setting of tempo of play or anything. Uh, and it, Liverpool have an incredible forward line. Mane, Salah and Firmino are, are absolute fire. I think everyone knows that. It's pointless, though, if you can't play the ball to them. And I think that 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 issue there then put the pressure on their weakness, which is what I'm saying. The fact that you can't impose yourself on the opposition in the way you want to then encourages them to come, okay, you're not doing what you're meant to do or what you want to do with us, so we'll just do what we want to do. And I think the fact that Liverpool just could not in any way inject 
any sort of uh, inventiveness or or properly supply their attackers. I think um, Salah ended the first half with 11 touches. If that that is, you've got dynamite there, and you you've j just not playing the ball to him, and those annoying clip balls over the top with no thought behind them, just continuously doing it without understanding whether it's the right time to do it. Are the centre backs exposed enough to play that ball? But I think um, that's. But I think part of that we'll get we'll look at it talk in a minute. He's having a lovely time. Yeah. I think part <laughs> of that though is the idea there, and I think that's why you see Chan and Wijnaldum where they are because the idea is you turn them around, you panic them. If the ball comes off, great, yeah. you're in behind. If the ball doesn't come off, Chan and Wijnaldum should be winning those seconds, and they're picking up the bits, and then it, that's the idea that you're pressing. Suddenly you've got the ball, you're 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 ten, fifteen, twenty yards minimum into their in, into their half of the pitch. And I thought that was what the plan was. That that's act. So that's one of the reasons why Chan and Wijnaldum are twenty, thirty yards away from Henderson. Is that that's the idea? Is so they get it, they run. Yeah, but then yeah. what was happening was they weren't picking those seconds up. Liverpool weren't picking those seconds Absolutely, up. Then it's come yeah. back at them, and Henderson's going, "Hang on, lads, this fella's nine foot three. And all of these fellas are around and they know exactly what they're doing and they're actually winning their second balls and we're, at, we're in real trouble here. And I thought Henderson was really poor first half. and yeah. he, was, he, was, he was on his own, but he was still really, really poor. A couple more tactical fouls in there wouldn't have gone amiss. Yeah. But my point is more, I think that is the plan. And, yeah. but, but, you know what I mean? Certainly in the absence of Coutinho, I thought that was, that was the plan first half. The plan makes sense. That the, like we've said, the execution of it is completely flawed because even the, winning the ball back is one thing. When you win the ball back, you've got to know what you're going to do with it and there wasn't enough good stuff done in possession which again just changes the balance of play in in Watford's favor because you're not punishing them in any way you you're winning possession and then not doing anything you so that's why I think there was so much frustration over the performance and that's why it felt like a defeat because you know what it's supposed to look like. You know how it's supposed to be. You, you can tell what the intention was. But you're looking at it and you're thinking, has nothing been learnt? Or? I just still worry about, about the sort of men mental fragility here. About, you know, I, I wrote something saying, you know, when you, watch, when you watch your team on the first day of the season, what you want is not to be saying that's the same team again, that's the same old Liverpool. That's like you said at the top, Stu, about you're seeing the same problems again and they haven't been remedied. And I think... When you see you've still got that goalkeeper, you've got Albi Moreno back in the side, you've got Lovren in the side, all, all those three, our, our supporter base doesn't trust them at all. And I and I wonder whether the players in the team trust them as well for the same reasons. And, and you know, there's fingerprints certainly minulate on, on two of those goals, I'd say. I, I, I've watched them over and over again this morning and just think he looks poor on a couple of them again. And, and if, we're, if, we're gonna, if we're having a goalkeeper chat again... I'm wondering why we're having it again. And I'm wondering, to be honest, why Moreno's back on the side. I didn't think he did that badly in general. But I just think in general, the trust with him's gone. I think he's had his chance. He didn't take it. And this idea that he can come back and be this super player is hard to, is hard to wash. And, you know, pulled some... I, I had a look before we walked in here to see what Klopp's bought since he's been here. And he's, he's bought 11 players since he's been at Liverpool. But two of those are counted as being Corker and um, it was the other one, it was Mad Meninga. So that's nine, we're now down to nine. 
Like, what what is the fear of recruitment here? Because that's what it's starting to feel like. I don't understand why we can't go out and get top quality players that improve this side. Because you're not telling me Moreno's anywhere near the best left back in the country. You're not telling me Lovren's anywhere near the best centre half either. The keeper does still doubt over. And so if, if we're continually talking about easy goals, stupid goals, conceding goals, you know, we can talk about the system and I get that. And I really enjoyed the Red Nap V Carragher um, <laughs> clip. It was brilliant. And I urge anyone to have a look at it who hasn't. But but it's both, isn't it? Is probably the it answer. Is, yeah. It's both. I mean, I loved uh, Carragher Adam off, uh, which I would fully expect. But it's both. It's it's both. You can tweak a system, but you also need to have trust around the players. And every time we've got a corner, there's absolute fear from every every Liverpool fan in the ground. There looks to be absolute fear from every Liverpool player as well. Is it, they I, don't know what they're doing. I wonder if and listen, I'm just I'm just completely speculating here, but. Ultimately, a lot of those players weren't bought by the manager. Right? They were bought by the guy who's the sporting director. Michael Edwards. Michael Edwards. And if he's, we've all heard about his spreadsheets and his graphs and all that. Is, is it a case, I wonder, of the reticence to buy or, the, or comes from Michael Edwards still rates the players that he's bought but disagrees with the way that they're being played? And if that's the case, if there's any kind of disconnection between the manager and the sporting director, and I'm not saying there is, I'm not saying there is, but what I'm pointing out is there can be. There can be, that can happen at clubs. That in, in a variety of different sports, you see it. Um, I'm, I'm actually a big fan of the, the film Moneyball. And you see it there in operation, there's a disconnect between a coach and actually the sporting director there in the players that have been bought and how they're being put out on the pitch. And, you know, Lovren's a perfect case and example. Uh, you look at the way Lovren played at Southampton where he had two two uh, defensive midfielders in front of him. They played a different way. He looked brilliant. He's come to Liverpool, played a different system um, and never really been able to, 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 to show the same kind of form. Um, but and, I, I, just I, on this, just to sort of pull this back, you can also say that these are players who were bought by a previous manager. But he's had long enough to decide. You know, you can take. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's had long enough to decide whether or not he wants to whether or not he wants to stick with them. And, and Liverpool have, put, have, have given Lovren an increased contract and more money. And I refuse to believe that that's done without Jurgen Klopp saying, yeah, I'm all right with this fella to get an increased mm. contract and more money. That's just, you know, if, if Klopp's decided he doesn't fancy him, then he's decided he doesn't fancy him and then he's able to say, well, I just don't fancy him. But At the, which point you don't give him an increased contract and more money. And where I think this gets, because trust me, I, I, nothing will make me happier than Michael Edwards did an interview with the Echo mm. and actually let his voice be heard in public at some point. And in fact, I think it's, it's a little short of negligent that that hasn't happened it's weird. Uh, to be honest with you, you know, it's, it's just plain wrong that there's someone who's, who's that, that intimately involved mm. in the football club who, who just seemingly gets away without, without ever ever having to speak publicly however however the manager himself has now had long enough with, with a number of these players and the reticence to buy does appear to be his reticence to buy it mm. doesn't appear to be the club's reticence to but buy but then on the other hand though as well the, the, like the, or the other point on that is that does, does this continue? Like I look at Liverpool now, and when I'm lying awake at night thinking about it, there's there's the could have been and the what might be, and that that that's continually in my head now about this Liverpool. So we know that this summer they've gone big on trying to sign two players. Both of those players, the money that was mentioned for Van Dijk and for Keita, is enough money to say to me they're starters. They're, they're yep. starters in yeah. in the eleven. And so now again, is that feeding into the conscious of everyone? Like are people playing there going? doesn't actually want me though. I'm not first team here because he wanted him. He wanted him and he didn't get him. And now he's having to start the season. It's almost like a a plan B. It's it's not you know it's not the summer didn't go out Klopp wanted ideally. 
And certainly the, that lineup that we had against Watford isn't his dream lineup for the Watford game, it, it, both in terms of recruitment and in terms of injuries, like Mel mentioned. So that's got to be taken into consideration. I think any player thinking that way shouldn't be at a club like Liverpool then, because but they're human now, aren't they? Yeah, is what I'm saying. You've got the opportunity. Those players haven't come in. You've got the opportunity to show the manager why you shouldn't be looking at other players. And you've been working with them all summer. Exactly, or, or why I can do the job effectively. You've got you've got a window there. So if that's the kind of thinking, then, and I mean, if you listen to to all the interviews they've given during preseason, they want better players to come in. They think it's good for the squad if better players come in. Um, and I don't think anyone. You know, would argue any different, any one of us. Um, I think also, Jurgen Klopp makes it quite clear when he doesn't, when he doesn't really fancy a player, or when he's not really convinced by a player, or, and so I, I, I don't think there's any sort of that any sense of him being forced to use players well, you that say he doesn't that, want to use. You say that though, but those quotes the other week, I just thought, for the for one of the first times ever when I've watched a, which, a, a, a Jürgen Klopp press conference, I thought, you're taking the piss out of us now. Saying like Milner's, Milner's yeah, another yeah. midfielder, um, and I'm happy with the defenders I've got and all that. You're not, mate. He's controlling the message. That's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, and I understand that. And, I understand, and obviously, I've, you know, I've worked in it myself, and I get, I, get the, I get about what you say in public and what you don't. But nevertheless, it's just, <clears> the, wrong, it's just the wrong thing to say for me because every fan out there saw those comments and thought, oh, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it, it doesn't serve any purpose. We know that you wanted to buy Van Dijk. We know that you wanted to buy Kaita. So don't tell us that what we've ended up with is all right. Because it's not. Because it's not what you wanted, ideally. And so, he you know, has well, also continually said, continuously, and I think, I think a lot of the reaction people get sometimes is because he's tired of answering the same question yeah. over and over. Because he said... A number of times, we are open until the 31st of August. We are looking. We are working on things. We are open to doing business until the 31st of August. If you go back now over the last, I don't know, three or maybe four weeks, you'll probably find eight, nine, ten examples of him saying those words that we're open. We've got time in the transfer window. We are looking to improve things. I think just the other day he admitted they're still looking at a midfielder, for example. Yeah. And I think it's because every single press conference, it's the same question. He's like, well, let me just say this, and hopefully by saying this, they don't ask again. Or, And obviously, there's also the sense of, like you said, giving the players confidence, the players that are already there, because they are human, and they do start you know, thinking, thinking about their own position in the, in the team and all that stuff. So... I, I was annoyed as well reading that. I just like, but I don't think for one second he's completely satisfied with everything at the moment. I don't think anyone is. I think obviously they wanted to bring in two really, really good players who fit the system. That hasn't happened yet. There's still time to make it happen, you know, in the window, but. This is why, and we'll probably come on to Coutinho, this is why I, I can't, 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 can't for the life of me understand anyone saying, let him go, because Liverpool still have a lot of work to do in that window, and giving them something else to do when it's not gone that Feels well like you're so writing far. the season off if you do that, yeah. to be honest. I mean, I, I just, I can't. 
Well, come on, I want to come on to Coutinho in a minute. Okay, no worries. I want to, well, we are going to, trust me, we're going to do Coutinho. I just want to, I want to get back to the, 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 the actual game that we saw itself. I'll go, I'll go back to you, Gareth, on it is. The, the bit of the game that I look back on in hindsight and I'm most frustrated with, it is the... It isn't even the goal in the last minute. The goal in the last minute, I think there's, there's, there's three or four factors. I'm not even that annoyed about the corner. Uh, I'm not even that annoyed about the offside. They should clear the previous free kick. That's not great. We'll come on to Comes that in a second. Comes massive as well, you know, when you watch it back. So it's 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 not like it's not clear and none of it's great yeah. and none of it's easy. I'm most annoyed. They get one one and they don't deserve to get one one, but they get one one with a great goal and they open them up and they've got them one one. And I just think, and last season, the end of last season. I just think get to half time now, boys. Mm. Half time at one one's absolutely fine, and Liverpool are absolute rubbish from from the kick off at one one. I mean, you know, the, the two minutes I think it is from the kick off to that ball being in the back of the net. There's about nine players culpable, including the captain, that I'm watching it going. You should, there's nine of you that should be doing better across the course of two minutes of football, and that's just it's just untenable and it's daft. Yeah. It's a real let's just get out, boys, get up, let's make them think about it a little bit, and instead we invite them on. We, we we're amateurish. We give them a really Cheap throwing when the ball should be should end up in their half. Every little bit of just just getting through ninety seconds, two minutes, two and a half minutes of football, Sunday league stuff. Every little bit of that doesn't happen. I know, and that, and that's another theme though, isn't it, about Liverpool? I think, and it's a theme, you know, when you when you do concede in the way they do as well, because it's like, you know. Really basic stuff, like you said, Sunday league. Like keep just keep it away from your goal. You know, keep it up front. Someone hold it up. You know, Origi comes on and doesn't do nothing. You can't hold it up. But why didn't you bring Solanke on? He might have been better at holding it up. I don't know. But the ball wasn't sticking all game hardly. There's a patch obviously when Liverpool get in, they score the goals. But first half they couldn't get out. There was no out ball. There was not nothing was sticking. There were so many players that seemed off the game. It was unbelievable. And you know, we we mentioned Salah earlier. I thought he'd come into it, but I actually thought he was struggling when he when he got the ball, and maybe that's why he wasn't getting the ball because there's a couple of times you, you know there's one where he's in space and, and he, he just needs to take a touch and he's trying to do a first time cross and it's like lad, you know just 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 take the touch. There's another one you know bit of a poor shot and he he, he was struggling to get himself in it, but it was there was just nerves right through the side all the way through it, real real anxiousness about it, and I wonder when you know Mel mentioned the you know the link to a, a midfielder. I think it may be telling that he actually said, I think he actually said experienced, used the word experienced, and I wonder whether that's something he's seeing as a trait that's needed in this side, because I, I, I think we need that. I, I'd like to see someone a little bit of an older head who, who can do what you're saying, say, lads, just, just take five here, win, win a stupid free kick, you know, boot it out of play, put, you know, tie your laces, fall over, you know, all the things that Chelsea do. And, and I've done for years. Do them things. Control the game a bit. Use a bit of nose. And that's not a new conversation again about Liverpool, is it? It's not a new conversation, Stu. But they were doing that at the end of last season. And that's my frustration. You know, you mm. look at those away games at the end of last season and there's so much, you know, there's so much gnarl and there's so much, right, this is how we just get through the next five to ten. All the way through. You know, Watford away is actually a great example where practically nothing happens in the second half of Watford away last season. Liverpool ensure that's the case. It's only late on when they absolutely lash the kitchen sink they get, itself, they get themselves a decent opportunity. But I was watching that, you know, just to, just to focus on that first half patch there. I was just thinking, boys, this isn't this isn't that difficult. You know, you should all know what you're doing. I think, listen, Watford were clever, and I think it's important to say Watford were well set up. They cut the passing lanes really cleverly. They were when we're all saying it was difficult to hold it up. I kept seeing for me, you know, coming in, coming deep, and. It was like Watford were tempting Liverpool to play the ball into Firmino's feet, as if to say, but they had two lads either side who would have yeah. come and scissored it straight away. And, yeah. you know, it looked like they, they knew what they were doing, Watford, for half an hour especially. They knew what they were doing. It's mm. important to say that. 
but you know you want you want to see the Liverpool side solve those problems. To be honest with you, and first half especially, and, and as I say, in that period after they go after they go one one to two one all the way through to half time, they just didn't look like solving them. Yeah, um, yeah, I, you're absolutely right. That that I think the, the Watford manager had, had set the team up right and they'd done the job, and um, you know they, it was they were very good tactically, and it gave you could see in the first five ten minutes. You could see our midfield in particular looking like they didn't have answers to questions that they were being asked, um, and there was a case of of you know us not being first to the second ball repeatedly, um, and it and it felt a little bit like not it didn't feel as bad as that that first trip the Klopp had to Watford um, a couple of years ago, but there was an element of us being bullied. I felt in midfield, you did feel like we were second to Everton. And were we just too complacent, too lethargic going into it? I mean, you'd never think so first game of the season, but but there's there's a build up, isn't it, towards first of the game of the season where there's an excitement of what we're gonna do. And I don't think Watford probably thought as much necessarily just focused on themselves. I think they focused on us, how we're gonna stop them because yeah. they're Liverpool. We're gonna stop them, and then we'll play off that. And I don't think we probably paid them the same level of respect, and maybe we shouldn't anyway because we are Liverpool. But. The midfield found that hard, and and I do think what you were saying then, Gareth, about experience in there. I've been saying for a long time we need a general. We need we need someone in there who's actually gonna you know grab the game by the throat, and maybe grab some of the the players by the throat in the dressing room, and and have a bit of accountability, point some fingers. And this is not me decrying Henderson in any shape, or way, or form, because I think he's a, I think he's a great player. I think he's a really good leader. I think he's a good captain. But I, I do think we're missing more characters and bigger characters um, in there. Um, a nasty bastard, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we we are. That's that's what we. That's I kind of. I mean, I I always refer to type on this, and so so, sorry for regular <laughs> listeners. But I mean, like a mascarano or something yeah. doesn't doesn't let some of those things happen. I don't think at times. There. But it's, unfortunately, there's less of them in the modern game. Yeah. We, 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 it, and you can get away, fine. but you can't get away with as much. Now yeah. And all that. Yeah. And and perhaps the nastiness isn't necessarily what you do into the opposition's ankle. It's more the case of of the accountability that you're holding, you know, amongst your teammates. But it, it's that it's that it's sort of like that that lung busting thing though as well where you. You, you know you're not giving up a, a lost cause if you like. I mean, I think it's the, I think it's the second goal. He, if you watch Henderson on that, he's just not great. Him and him and Chan, I think, try and put a, a challenge, challenge in between them over on the line, and then and they don't win it, and the ball goes behind them. For me, you should be following that in. He should they, be he should be following that in, and he might be able to get involved again in another phase of play and get another challenge see, but, but in. I, and I, and I, he, he's just jogging. He's just jogging. I watching agree, it. yeah. But I also laid the. Blames harsh word. No, it's not. Screw it. By lay the blame at Genie's door early yeah, for that. A poor game. I, because you know Emery, Chan, and Henderson, right or wrong, they don't. They'd gone over to close down the ball, and they've lost. You lose. You can lose a duel. But what Genie hadn't done, he hadn't. He wasn't behind them. He hadn't. He, you've got to move. A, you're, on a, you're on a piece of string, aren't you? And the gap that he not left. Anticipated. Yeah. He switched off, but not only that. When he realised too late, but when he realised what was the lad who scored the court? What was to Akara. Akara. When, when he, he, he came through the space, and then if you like in the second phase of play started that move um, that led to him finishing it off. Genie then saw that and started to track him, start to follow him. But as he entered the box, stopped, and the lad then had a free you know a free tapping, and so. I, that that's where I come down to leadership. That's where I come down to midfielders who aren't, as you say, they're not giving up. 
they're not giving up. There's experience, there's know-how. And actually, when I was talking to Mel before about, okay, if it's a personnel issue or a system issue, we're talking between those two things. Is the personnel that we've got good enough, sharp enough to execute what the manager is asking of them all the time? And that's where I came back to that. And that's, I mean, for the Wijnaldum issue there was just a perfect example of, of, of that for me. On the, the idea of the way the game starts, Mel, last season, I think it was a recurring theme, we were having conversations saying, we're not starting fast enough. And Wofford there, they basically... And I, I said all the way through last season, if I was setting up a side to play against Liverpool, I'd gamble all, all my chips on the first half an hour. Yeah. I'd put all my energy on the first half an hour. That's what I'd look to do. And that's exactly what Wofford did do. And that, to me, is frustrating in that it was as though we'd never really thought through the notion we were going to have to win the right to play. Yeah. I don't even think it's necessarily a character issue or anything like that. I just think Liverpool have yet again because it's right the way through last season and again the managers presided over it they've, they've repeatedly started just a bit too slow for me and that game's another example of starting just a bit too slow not winning the right to play not getting through the first 10 not looking to move it up not saying to Watford you can put all your energy in the first half an hour we'll just kill it and then we'll beat you we'll beat you as the game wears on yeah Liverpool were way 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 too passive in everything out of possession in possession every duel uh, and I think Klopp referenced making real challenges. Yep. He said that's something that were. needs to happen. <laughs> it not, not. Um, and I think he also the other term he uses is a hundred percent legal aggression. So, just there's no point challenging for a second ball or or whatever if you're not really going for it. If you, if you only half-heartedly or seventy percent or eighty percent going for it, it, it in the Premier League you won't get anywhere with that sort of behaviour. And everything that... I, I just kept looking at it and I was like... Every single move, I was like, too passive there, too passive there, too passive there. Every phase of play. And when you are passive, and I think in the first minute, Okaka um, puts pressure immediately on Lovren, like, you know, gets f physical with Lovren and then Minule quite quickly to let them know, yeah, this is going to be one of those games... And how from there they continue to just be so accepting of the, the situation, so accepting that they were going to get bullied, so accepting that they weren't going to have it all their own way. It's just beyond me. That I th that was one of the most annoying elements of it, that they were just willing to go along with everything. And that's why I referenced the Mane goal, because Sadia just said, not having any of this. I'm going to get the ball, going to you know, uh, drive possession on, going to play a pass, going to receive it, going to move, do all the things I'm supposed to do. This is how we're supposed to play, lads. Let's remember. And, you know, Firmino excellent in the second half. But it's just, you can't continuously let that happen. And yeah. th the other thing that um, Atko mentioned was the mistakes, the, the just not thinking through the game. And Crowds, one of the things he said was football is a game of mistake management. You will make mistakes. You can't avoid making mistakes in football. Both teams will make mistakes. It's about managing them, like, you know, limiting them and learning from them. And Liverpool were just not A, limiting them or B, learning from them. And I think, you know, when we're trying to assign blame, I think with everything, the fur you can, you know, watch a clip back of the goal and you can slow it down through so many phases of play and you'll be able to pick out so many poor decisions in the build-up from a number of players. And I think that's what makes it so hard. When you're losing all your individual battles all over the place, 
it just compounds how much work you've got to do and then you're all you you're basically always trailing the play because you've done a oh, bad mistake there wrong decision there da, da, da. It's, 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 it's management isn't it Jordan the game is the theme that's the theme of what we're all saying here that. I, was, well, I was just about to say to you one of my frustrations is either that Wijnaldum or Chan Henderson doesn't get a grip of Wijnaldum or Chan and say to them after whatever period of the game just come and get come, back here yeah. next to me exactly. just get back here next to me for five and then we'll sort it out on yeah. the one hand or that they themselves don't think I'll just get him back next to him there because I keep looking around and he's got three men around him yeah. to win a second ball because the, the, their centre forwards occupying both of our centre halves so Henderson doesn't because I think it's so system orientated Henderson doesn't want to break the system because this is the way we play this is the way the gaffer wants us to play and they're thinking well I'm, we're doing what the gaffer's told us to do but I think someone at some point they're either it's Henderson screaming at them and saying you just get here you just get here and give me a hand for five and that's what you were about to say so I'm sorry for trampling no, on no, you no, no, but exactly I, was, I was fuming with the day when Mel was talking was just just do a bit of that lads yeah, exactly. just get through five minutes so yeah and, and Watford you know Watford come out flying and getting stuck in and being physical and doing all that so sound you know like I said before we'll just go down then Win a few free kicks, slow, break up, break up their tempo. You know, work your way into the game, and then realise when when it's the time to go for it. Right, we've got a little guy. So you know, you saw Watford tired, didn't you? Second half, that's one of the reasons. You know, Liverpool did play better, but also Watford tired. Like that, they couldn't carry on that press and that physical thing that they were doing. Akaka was hands on hips on twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know we we messed about that, didn't we? And and it was like you know, so again, reach that point, don't concede, reach that point, and then and then notice then. Right, they haven't got it now. And here we go, lads, go. We're, this, not, this... we're not talking about... We, we're talking about Henderson, Chan and Wijnaldum there. You mentioned experience before. It's needing, you know, The manager saying we perhaps need an experienced head in there. Which one of them is inexperienced? But Do which you know one... what I mean? Hend- what, what I'm getting at is that game management issue. They should be doing that. I know, yeah. They well, should be. That, that Do you know what I mean? We don't need an old head. They, they, the amount of games that Anderson's had for Liverpool, well, you don't know, you, like top flight games. But you, you, you've shown that. before that they can do it, as yeah. we said, the back end of last season. I think the, this is why he looks so frustrated Klopp afterwards, is because this is... <laughs> fellas, you know how to do this. You should know how to do this. And I, I can't... There's... I can't deal with the fact that oh, they've not done something because they're worried about the system. Or I, I can't take that point. Because even when they receive instructions and stuff, it's not they don't get this flurry of information like you have to do exactly this, 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 this. It's, lads, here are the spaces we can expose. Um, yeah. Here's where we can turn them around. You know, very basic things and my, assess the game. My assess one ultimate chan thing was they wanted to go and enjoy themselves too much. That was genuinely my frustration. They wanted to be playing in their half too much. I was just going to say that. Like, they're all, all, well, you know, Henderson's the only one really, and, and even then he's been transformed into that role. But but the three of them, none of them are, are really defensively minded in the careers, are they? You know, and I think, you know, Chan loves getting forward. He loves doing his tank thing where he's bombing down the wing, and that touch he made and that run he made was, was quality. But that can't make up for the fact that he's he's not on the scene when, when we need him to defend. And, and you know, and Vinaldum's being a number 10 and all that sort of thing and so you know again it's a new thing for them to be asked to do they all want this to amount of defense yeah they, 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 they all want to do the nice stuff and get involved and play pretty football on the edge of their box and score the boss goals which they did do but they've got to be able to do the other stuff as well they've got but to be also, able to dig in because they, they, they've got to enjoy it well but there's another like six seven sides that are going to do exactly the same thing as what minimum to us. minimum you know i mean <laughs> made me laugh like i've only caught highlights of most of the other games but like West Brom have signed even more crocs. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, Poulos is not changing the way he plays at any point. I'd, I'd imagine if you go to his training session, it, say it lasts for an hour, fucking 45 minutes is doing set pieces. Do you know what I mean? And and so when Liverpool play them, it's going to be, the, you know, it's yeah. going to be the same again and the same again. So it's, it's, it's again, the frustration is, I think, that this early in the season, it, you're able to say the phrase rightly or wrongly or allow everyone else to say the phrase in football same old Liverpool well, well my frustration is and I've got it down on the agenda here is that the midfield's too flat and and this is where I do actually um, while I thought he was poor first off especially I do sort of cross Henderson off this list I mean Shannon Monaldo and what I mean is I bar the goal and you always sound like an idiot when you say bar the goal but bar the goal I didn't see how Shannon Monaldo were helping the front three At and all? and no. and I didn't see how they were helping the defence. Yeah. And if you're in the midfield, and I can't say, well, you could see how he was... Say yeah. what you want, he neglected his defensive duties, but he didn't half make a lot happen. Yeah. OK, we're at least getting somewhere. Or, well, I didn't feel like he got involved and joined enough. But that said, you know what I mean, at least he was there there on the scene when we needed him. And I think Henderson, as I say, I thought he was really poor first half especially. But at least you were able to say, well, he's trying to help the defence. At least you could see it was on his list of things to do. <laughs> whereas, <laughs> whereas, you know, that was watching the rest of them, I was just thinking, lads, you're, you're not actually... This attack feels completely disjointed. You're not supplementing it. And meanwhile, there's all sorts happening back here that could do with another pair of hands. Absolutely all sorts. Yeah. And the point uh, you're making that that Emery and and Jeannie wanted to you know do all the nice stuff the attacking stuff you know what it's it's fine if you do it well lads because then you are actually supplementing the attack and you are playing to your strengths and you are putting all the pressure on them and you are giving them problems to solve but that just didn't happen that that midfield was so painful it was really really painful in both elements and I know like you know people will say I think Klopp's mentioned this before as well, but when you talk about defence, you shouldn't just think about the defenders. And I think no. that was an excellent example on Saturday of how the defence just... Was were left. Yeah, they were done no favours at all by uh, the midfield. And, and neither was the attack, really. Second half, uh, to accentuate some positives before we move on to talk about Coutinho, uh, Stu. I thought Firmino's... Half an hour of Firmino's second half performance was just staggering to be honest with you all the things that we didn't see enough of first half were there you could see him link and play the movements just tremendous the touch mm. bringing bringing everyone into the game I thought it was a it was it was a performance I thought of when you talk about sort of character and leadership I thought you saw that in, in insofar as you can from a lad who plays centre forward he just showed got it won his little battles won his free kicks when he needed to turn them round he scores the pen steps up and scores the pen uh, plays the ball through for Salah that's right isn't it plays the ball through for Salah for the pen uh, and then get on the third. He, 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 it's a lovely dink of the keeper. I think it might just have crept in, but it's sound. Every I thought I thought he was great second half, and I, th- I think he's. I actually thought we got poorer when he went off, even though we had clearly tired because he's at the yeah. centre of everything that we do well, and he, he just wants the ball. Tell you what, you took everything I could possibly say about some of those performances. <laughs> Sorry, didn't you? I really wanted to talk about it. Um, yeah, what he was saying, wasn't he? It's nice, it's nice, Taco. What do you reckon, Mel? Yeah. Well, I've, do you know what? I, what I will say, um, the one probably thing you haven't covered there is I think I've said this before on shows that um, I actually think Firmino is one of the most intelligent centre-forwards. And I do think he's... We, I think we've got, to, we've got to start calling him a centre-forward now. He's one of the most intelligent centre-forwards around. Um, I really mean that in the game. I, I look at the decision-making that he has game to game. And it, this, we've all seen he can, he, can, he can have a bad game. He can go missing in the first half. I don't think he was particularly great. But as you say there, you know the response to whatever was said in the dressing room. He was brilliant. 
He was he was absolutely brilliant, and it's just the level of intelligence with him. I think he's he's one of these players that that is so underrated by opposing fans and actually by opposing teams. I still, you know, a few years on, don't think that Sometimes the, the even defenders. Home fans, yeah, I, I don't think defenders have necessarily got wise to him because he hasn't got anything definitive. You think he's not that quick. He doesn't look that big. He's he hasn't got a trick particularly. What, what is it? But I, I really think it comes down to he's got a bit of everything, but what he's got absolutely loads of is the stuff you can't see. It's what's going on between his ears. He is, I think he's 10 steps ahead of most um, most players in what's going on around him, but also in what needs to be done and closing down those spaces and winning the ball back in, 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 um, in starting moves. I mean, he's, he's our first line of the press. Mm-hmm. People always talk about Lallana being that, but it's, it's Firmino. It's Firmino, um, and yeah, he had a, he had a crack in the second half. I echo everything that Neil said. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's the two things I think we we just spoke about: the passiveness and and mistake management or decision making. And I think second half he comes out and he's like, right, no more passiveness. If I'm not going to get the ball from midfield, it's okay. I'm I'm going to make things happen myself. I'm going to make things happen for those around me. And I'm going to make intelligent decisions because that's what he does. He's got a great understanding of um, of space, of, of how his teammates are going to use the space or what kind of ball they need from him in that sort of space. Um, and he just sort of ties everything together, forces things to happen. And yeah... As we've all said, Niels boxed off that that performance pretty emphatically. But it's I think it's really great to see him from to see it from him in that context because we've seen it um, when Liverpool are you know aggressive and assertive. You can see him take the game away from teams then as well or, or help in that scenario. But I think in this case where you know you're looking around and you're thinking. Who is going to make things happen? It's not really going to be the midfield. Um, and I think also in the goals, we have to say that the defenders play the balls in the initial balls in. So, you know, they've at least contributed. Heights to, have scored towards, at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah, towards helping at the end. <laughs> Shut up, Robbo. Well. Just saying. <laughs> Shut up, Robbo. <laughs> with, with all the talk. Time to shut up, Mel. <laughs> with all the talk of. The other Brazilian at the moment dominating things. It was good to see Firmino show that he can also, you know, decide games, be the game changer. Manager made a big fuss of him when he went off as well. I noticed that one. Uh, was desperate to get a grip of him. Uh, and I wonder whether it's probably been difficult for Firmino, what would have been his mate, uh, all of that, Gareth. And all of that now seems, it seems a strange, troubling scenario. There's the manager's post match comments, and I think they can be taken a number of different ways. I'm intrigued to find out what Mel thinks of them. But I think you and I are in agreement. It, I think it's difficult to read them in any sense other than the fact that the manager will probably now gladly let the player go and he feels as though the club aren't going to do that. Is that what you think? It was weird it was weird, wasn't it? Like on, on this issue he seemed to ask for permission, first of all, to even discuss it. Um Matt McCann says, Yeah, you can talk about it if you want and so he starts talking about it. But it he seemed it, look you might you, you can you can probably argue in hindsight. Oh, I, I didn't quite sort of mean it that way. And I see in the echo wrote something saying, "No, we didn't mean it that way," and all that sort of thing. But it was just a weird way to put put things to say. I've just I've just got to accept what my bosses say. I've got bosses. I mean, why 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 sort of bring that up? And, and like you say, you know, it's hard then not to to look at it and put two and two together and saying and say, "Well, is he saying 
you know, the club have put that statement out and said he's categorically not for sale. But is he that let down by it? Because he starts the sentence by saying, the transfer request, I don't get it. I don't get it. And so that means, therefore, he's saying to me... No, I think I, he said, I didn't get it, as in the transfer request wasn't sent to him. No, nah, I don't think he meant that. I think he, I, 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 I took it, looking at his face and the way he said that, I thought he, he didn't get that because he knew he was put one in. Now he doesn't get the behaviour is what I thought he meant by that. And then I thought the way he goes on is that, you know... You, You've done what you've done, and so I'm happy to let you go. That was how I, that was how I took it. That was how I, when I watched it. That was how I took it, and I've seen everyone, in, well, some people interpret it differently. Um, but but I thought even the fact that he isn't that clear on it is something in itself. He was narky anyway, you know, and and some of that might be down to the results. But in general, it just seemed to me that he was he was he was saying, look, you've really let me down by doing that right then, and I, and and he has. And he has because, you know, he's trying to get out by brute force. He's trying to upset Liverpool at the worst possible time. You know, emailing something over when everyone's about to leave for London for the first game of the season is not great behaviour. And however you, however you want to paint it. And he's doing it because, well, I think there's, there's a load of levels to it. So it'll piss the manager off. It'll piss the owners off. It'll piss fans off. There's loads of fans now saying, nah, just sell them, fuck them. And 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 that's kind of, and you kind of think is that part of it as well, so yeah, I mean it's it's not great. And like I said before earlier on in the show, I I I I think it does affect everything. You know, it affects how the fans feel, it affects how the players feel. And at the moment, right now, like Liverpool are just absolutely desperate for a result here. Like they've got they've got to go to Hoffenheim and do something here because they, this whole season feels like it's already like potentially falling off the wheels. And, and it's not the time of the season when you should be saying that. This is this is when we should all be dead happy and full of hope. Uh, Stu and then Mel. Yeah, um, just to see what echo what Robo said at the end. There, it does feel like the last two weeks of August, um, the season's on the brink. Uh, you know, it, it does feel like there's going to be certain decisions that are made now that are going to dictate how we perform the rest of the season. And you know, Robo said then about he looked. The manager looked pissed off. Well, it's going to be. I think it's been a, a transfer window which which started full of hope. We, we were so excited about all the opportunities next year. We thought, get a couple, two or three of the right players in and we're going to challenge. You know, we're, things are really moving forward. I mean, I was on a, a show with, with Gibbo a couple of weeks ago and he was saying, oh, there's such a feel-good attitude within the club and it was evidence when you guys were on tour. Um, and yeah, you didn't feel like there was a problem, did you? You but didn't feel like there was, there, there was no problem, child player, Sacco aside. There was no no real sorts of issues, and and you had this stuff. And look, you know, there's different theories about how these things end up in papers and all that sort of thing. But let's just say that a trusted reporter about Liverpool FC put out there at the start of this summer that Liverpool that FSG were putting on the table the biggest kitty that Klopp or that the club had ever had to spend spend on transfers. That. That obviously raises expectations. Everyone rubs their hands together and says, good, because that's what Liverpool need. And then when we're at this end of the transfer window, with only a few days left, there's not long to go now. Everyone, also as well, I think every, every club must be looking at Liverpool and going there, getting desperate here. And so that doesn't help matters either. But, you know, can you blame anyone who's pissed off now no, as a no. fan? And, that, you know and, that, I mean? and that's the thing. As the, as the manager, he's got to be sat there thinking, well, we've not got who we wanted it in yet and maybe something's going to happen if we get to the Champions League qualifying, qualifying and that's something I'm hoping maybe mm. that's just that's all going to, to roll on then but 
He's saying, we haven't got who we wanted in. I've not been able to train them over the pre-season if we, if we do get them in late. And then just before the season starts, arguably my best player, my creative outlet that is actually going to make that front three fly. He's actually going to be the one who's pulling the strings for them and really could shape our season. He, he does this. He does it, or whether it's him or it's his agents, whatever. He's done this. He's pulled the rug on us. And... If this doesn't work out over the next two weeks the way we need it to work out, and I'm not just talking about Coutinho there, I'm talking about that and the incomings that we need. Unless there is significant movements over the next couple of weeks, then I wouldn't blame a manager if he's sitting there thinking, well, this is, this is a wasted year. This is a year where we're not going to move forward. And if anything, you look around, you see United look strong. United look strong. They were in the top four last year. They look strong. City looks strong, Jesus. Have they, have they, you know, have they um, enhanced their squads? And they've addressed their issues. They've both addressed of those the clubs. issue. Arsenal haven't got the Champions League, so we're in a similar position that we were in last year and can focus a bit more. And you'd look at it and think, we we were supposed to be making the next step, and Klopp will have been excited about that. And then just as you say, twenty four hours before the you're going for the first game, and the rug is pulled. Mel, uh, it's. He seems so angry with the footballer. That's the thing that I that, that I took from him. First, you know, whichever way you want to you want to work out precisely what he does or doesn't mean by the comments. It's always worth remembering he speaks in a second language. He's a good communicator, but he speaks in a second language. However, the main thing I took from it was there's a level of absolute fury there with the footballer, and that 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 becomes an impediment uh, significantly towards the season if he if 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 he can't find if if he, the manager himself. In conjunction with the football, that if he does stay, if they can't find a way back from that, then that is that is problematic. Given the sort of manager he is, he is no Rafa Benitez. Yeah. He's very much his own man, and he sees trust and the group as the most important yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I think when I heard the comments, and then when I thought about, when I read it back again, and then when I thought about it, there were a few things uh, I concluded. He has been annoyed at this Coutinho question for a long time. I saw annoyance in the Audi Cup when he. Um, when he said there is no interpretation of the word not and there was a big back and forth with the journalist that asked that question there you know when he he, he was saying how many times do you want me to say he's not for sale i can't say it in any other way there's no other interpretation in fact before that as well i think it was in hong kong where he said if i say he's not for selling he's not for selling um i think this was another element of frustration that the owners have put out a definitive stance and he's getting asked about it which again then touches on the I've got bosses my bosses are now telling you which is why before the transfer request comes in and at his press conference he was asked again about the statement and he said the owners have said I've been saying it all along now the owners have said it what more do you want why do you keep asking this question so I think there's that I also think he is completely annoyed at the result for one, but more than that, the performance. Uh, so he's speaking already from a An from a vexed, yeah, yeah, from a vexed emotional point of view. The other thing is, I think yes, I think he is annoyed to hell with Coutinho because of the timing. And if you look at it, um, if you go back, Sacco, the Snapchat. Remember when Sna- uh, Sacco put up the Snapchat mm. rant? That was on in the like the early hours, mm. and Liverpool had a game that day. I think that game was Hull. He said there, the timing, like whatever, however annoyed you are, timing is everything. So there will definitely be an element of frustration around 
when he decides to put that in after the owners have already again made it clear they've made it privately clear for the longest time now that he's not going to be sold um but then again we all continuously say no one is more important than the club right so whether Klopp is frustrated whether the owners are frustrated whether Coutinho wants out whatever what is the most important thing for the club this summer in this entire scenario in my opinion i for me i don't really care what coutinho wants i don't particularly care how klopp feels in this current moment or in i don't particularly care how he felt in that current moment when he was emotional i don't particularly care if the you know what the owners feel about optics or any of that i care about what is the best solution now for liverpool moving forward given what has already happened so far in the transfer window given how little time is left and given the fact that they've had money and that's meant nothing they've had money to spend they want to spend the money and they can't so in all this no one is bigger than liverpool so what is best for liverpool and for me i think they've got to get him to stay that well they've got to stick by their definitive stance naturally with a player wanting out and if he's put the transfer request you know he's agitating for the move so he's got or i think what was annoying as well was the absolute nonsense about not having a great relationship with Klopp for 6 months being subbed off often all this absolute nonsense that's come out that's obviously more uh, or just adding to the fire but whatever happens you f- you find a way to work things out because essentially it's world cup year or, or leading yep. into world cup year so he's got to perform before Coutinho comes back to to Melwood on July 11th I think it was and was buzzing gave an interview about how happy he is to be back how good it is to see his teammates what a positive season it's going to be for Liverpool you can go look at on getty off the images of him in training and stuff absolutely buzzing coutinho changed and all the way through in hong kong you know when klopp's been talking about it you look at his performances in the asia tro uh, yeah asia and everyone trophy. was doing the body language bollocks and there was nothing yeah. wrong with his body language there was nothing wrong with his performances training, he's had his head he's had his head saying excellent in training in in germany and stuff the fact of the matter is the pressures the pressure on him has increased and if you look around at Barca's other transfer business if you just look at Dembele and at Borussia Dortmund they can't negotiate a move for him so the onus is on the player to force through the move with Liverpool as well FSG have made it clear Klopp has made it clear everyone's made it clear that they're not going to negotiate for Coutinho so now they've put him in a situation where he's done the thing that he's actually not wanted to do so Coutinho actually it's not the worst thing in the world for him to stay at Liverpool. He was happy just on the 11th of July to be at Liverpool. He linked up well with with Salah. He knows he can play well, really well with um everyone with else, Firmino frankly. And, uh, Mane and everyone else, yeah. Uh he knows he's the star of the team, the the creative fulcrum. He's doing really well for Brazil given how he's played for for Liverpool. So, you can see a way through regardless of how hostile it becomes and please think back to the Luis Suarez Arsenal scenario you can find a way to work through it because mm-hmm. the most important thing 
is Liverpool Football Club and they would be taking massive backward steps and giving themselves so much work to do with so little time that I don't know how well, anyone can come up this, with another solution. The thing is, in all this, like, you know, I see, I see fans who are angry and I understand why fans are angry and I'm angry about about the timing of it because I think that that's the worst thing about it is is when he does it and the fact that we've got that match and it's so important and it's it's upsetting the apple cart at the worst possible time but then if we wind back a little bit from that for a minute and go back to the thing again about these are human these are just these are normal people he's a 25 year old lad and all that sort of thing if he's got all these people down as here which he obviously has saying to him the only way you get your move to Barcelona in your life is if you make it happen right now. I might do it. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I might do it. Yeah. But signing for Barcelona, is pro- you know, for him, is probably the, and the, also the peak to, of his career. You, you ha- it, when you force your way out, it's got to be forceful. You've got to give it maximum. You've got to put your transfer request the loyalty, in. The has. loyalty we have to our club isn't the loyalty players have. It's totally different. He's from Brazil, you know... The new camp, Barcelona, the players they've got, it's the reputation that, they've got. But also home life. It might, it might genuinely be that the family would rather be in a Spanish-speaking country, that they'd rather be in Barcelona, different climate, etc., etc. And I wonder whether all, all that. Those things, he, yeah. He's been there before, um, you know, when he, was on loan, yeah, when he was on loan and his family loved it there, friends. Bezzy's he's, with the other bastard, Suarez, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's also lost... He's lost... Like his bigger brother in Lucas, the family, his family have lost now a social circle with Lucas going. You know, Moreno, there was all that talk of, of Moreno being sold. And, you know, that potentially could still happen, who knows. Um, Does he know the rubbish? <laughs> Does he know that the rubbish and old? It, it's it's for the family. Like his wife, you know, yep. would have been socialising with those people and stuff, and she, you know she'd have more people to socialise with over there. So it is all these little elements that come into play. But I know, we, like we're all annoyed when it happened, or you know, at the timing of it and whatever. But from the other side, people have believed that FSG have been willing to sell him for the longest time, right? If they were, you wouldn't have to put in a transfer request. If they weren't, if they hadn't stuck to a very strong stance from the very beginning, he wouldn't have to force his way out. So there's one thing, the fact that they actually aren't willing to sell him. They haven't been willing to sell him. Um, But the other is, everything that happens now, because I think there was a threat or something like, it will come out over the next few days about how poor the relationship has been between the manager and the player. I wonder all if there's that, like all that is noise to force the remove. Yeah. All that can be worked out. All that. I wonder if there's forgotten. an alternative timeline as well, though. You know what I mean. So, is there an alternative reality where Liverpool got Van Dijk and they got Keita and they just sold them? Well, the, you saw that. You saw that happen with with Torres. You know, um, the Suarez deal had already been lined up. We signed Suarez, and everyone's talking about, oh, we'll play Torres and Suarez together. Next day, Torres is sold. And Suarez was told he'd be playing with Torres. So, uh, you know, we have, we have seen that before with, with this ownership. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they do soften now, depending on what we're able to bring in. But uh, I think I've got no problem with Coutinho throwing in a transfer request for the reasons you were saying before, Gareth. You know, it is the the um, the ultimate 
of you know a South American's career potentially is to be going to your Barcelona or your Real Madrid. So I've got no problem with that really. My problem is with the timing, mm. but also this garbage about the relationship with the manager well, that's and coming through it. one of his answer. I mean, you've seen. The family picture of the answer. You've seen the one with when they're all in the Liverpool kit. There's about thirty exactly. of them yeah. about a month ago. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's it's obviously it's, it's one of, it's one of them who's, who's allegedly spoken to to Sky and this message. But I also think there's another factor here. There's there's the there's the pressure being put on the lad from Barcelona. This kind of ultimatum of now or never, which is a load of tosh, isn't it? Really, they'll be back for him. But but also I think that there's. There's obvious pressure from the agents, but I think it's heightened a little bit, actually, this summer. We're reaching a point, and we've been saying this for years, but I actually think it's, it's got to be more true now, and there are signs that, that it is. We're reaching a point of, of um, it not being sustainable financially, what's happening. You look at what's happened with Neymar this summer, but aside from the Neymar issue and, and the odd oil club that are state-run... It's the Premier League that have, have massively inflated the market because of the amount of money coming in from the TV rights this season. But look what's happening with Sky. Look what they've lost. Look what they've not been able to, to bid for now that BT are on the scene. They, financially, they can't go any further than what they've gone on this deal. I'll be very surprised if they're able to, to break it in the same way that they were for this deal. Um, and I think there's, there's probably a, a sense out there with it, with agencies thinking this summer actually could well be the height. I mean, I'll give you an example there. Everyone knows that Barcelona is swimming in cash because of the Neymar money. And they are desperate. Barcelona are absolutely desperate for some good PR for a signing. If Barcelona come calling for Coutinho next year and we've held on to him, do I think we'll get the same money? No. Absolutely not. I don't think that we'll get the same money. And not only that, the agent who's on a 10 to 20% commission there is not getting that same money. And the club as well have also... You know, when, when, the, when the dust settles here and there's 130 million bids on the table and, the, and the, the, there's a conversation around, you know what, next season, if we do keep him, it might only be 80 million, which might actually be a fairer reflection more accurate reflection of talent when you take away all the inflation of what's going on this summer. There may well be a softening. There may well be a softening. Just speaking on the the money aspect, the element of it actually as well, Barcelona have that money. They're actually not willing. They're desperate. They have the money. They're desperate. But they haven't, in both scenarios, with Dembele or with Coutinho, haven't put out a bid that actually turns a club's head and you know where a club is thinking hmm. so that's why they're putting the that's part of the reason why the onus is on the players to force it through because they don't want to pay that top price mm. they want the situation to be as hostile as possible so they don't have to get to that you know to where they're having to yeah they haven't made a bid that you can't turn down yeah they haven't gone here's market, 130 and it's 130 up front. front exactly their base offers have been laughable in the mm. current climate uh, what was it? Seventy-two million pounds, and then it went to the base for the next one was seventy-seven million pounds. W- what is that money in the market at the moment when you're coming in for Liverpool's best player at this time? When preparations, the, the first bid was made in Hong Kong just before the uh, first Asia Trophy game, and preparations there are, have already intensified. You know, you've gone away on tour, you've you've 
recruited players in so you can put push Coutinho back in midfield and he can, you know, then feed them and you've done all these sort of things. You you're also thinking about your transfer business and you're saying, Okay, we we won another midfielder, but remember we've also got the ability now to play Coutinho in midfield because we've enhanced that forward line. So all of this stuff has gone on. Suddenly Barcelona losing Neymar think Yeah, and lot lost We've it got, against the wishes yeah, as well. You crap, know what I mean? That's we, worth saying, isn't it? Yeah. Like they didn't want him to go and, and and you know PSG bullied them and and, and PSG PSG had them off, yeah. had the kicks off. And now they wanna they wanna say to World Football, we can do that to Liverpool how we are. And 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 plus as well, I mean if we think our fans are mad, their fans are mad. And their fans will have the president off and all kinds of, you know what I mean? If if, if they don't do something this summer, that's why they're desperate as well. Yeah, and that's why they, they're. But they've left it so late. Yeah. And leaving it late means you have to put up money if you want these things to happen. And they've just not put up but also the that kind mo- of money that we Whatever they offer now, it. it's just how, how useful is it? You've got two weeks exactly. to spend it. And, and, you know, like we've already all said, Liverpool's struggling to spend what they've got anyway. What difference does another 130 in the bank make? Because wherever you go and try and spend that, you know, it's like you're trying to do supermarket sweep last minute. You know, wherever you go, the other club will just go, you're absolutely desperate here. Your fans are fuming. You've lost your best player or one of your best players. What good there's has a come huge, out of late desperation there's a huge buys premium. for Liverpool? Yeah, Balotelli. So. I, I think they expected <laughs> us to be a soft touch because we have, in our dealings, arguably with Barcelona and Real Madrid before, you know, you, you look at the, the fees that were paid and the ease in, in which people like Mascherano were able to leave the club. Suarez, I mean, Suarez, you look at the fee for Suarez and, it, you know, arguably it's the 65, isn't it? You know, it's not the what we were told, was, which was about 10 million more. And you look at that and you think, even at the time that he left, that looked an absolute snip. All of them did, looked, didn't they? Yeah. Owen, Alonso. Yeah, and, you know, we, you know, they unsettled the player, they got the way, and I think they just probably thought they'd be able to go quite, you know... Have we got to be more resilient, Stu? And by, by the we in this, I mean the supporters. Have we got to be more, like, you know, should we just be more like, yeah. We're rock hard. We don't care. We're we're backing everyone. We're going forward. Or are we, are we right to all be really be, hard, be, be, though, be flapping about? I, th- I think we invest so much, and we buy into the hope every year. You know, we buy into it. You know, in the summer. I think. I think if this defeat happens in November, if it's still feel, oh, it's not even a defeat, was it a draw? Um, but if that happens in November, it probably feels a little bit different. But it's the opening game of the season. Mm. And it's contextualised by the hope that that, that, that that we went into the market with, and that how that's ebbed away. The frustration, mixed messages from the club of late, and then the Coutinho thing, and you wrap all that up in a bow, and it's hard to be resilient to that, Neil, isn't it? It's hard. And, and all of a sudden at- now as well, you've you've got you've got like what what always that you know the media thrives on negativity the the media thrives on conflict what, and what you but it does <laughs> it does not it does not all right not you but it does and, and you know you look at headlines on newspapers every single day most of them are negative and most of them are about conflict and so right now you know and this applies to football as well right now people are starting to knock clock now you know, you had Joey Barton, Gobshay coming out over the weekend, calling him a German cheerleader and all the rest of it. You know, because obviously Joey's in a place where he can throw stones, isn't he? But I mean, you know, that's the start of it for me. That, that I saw that and thought, here we go. And, and I can see our fans doing it as well. All of a sudden now it's like, but is he that good though? Is he that good? 
and all of a sudden now we're doubting Klopp. Where it's gone from, he's still the same fella that we got. He's still the same fella with the same track record, the same fella who, who can play this football, that can blow teams away, that got us all that excited, that thought we were going to win the league, blah, 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 that got us to two finals. It's still the same fella. It's still literally the same fella. He is still the same fella. Uh, I'd like to end the show there, but I can't because Liverpool kick off in less than 30 hours uh, <laughs> against Hoffenheim. Uh, very, very quickly on this. It's one to get through, Mel. It's one to get the other side of. Uh, no Sturridge, no Coutinho in the squad. No Ben Woodburn either, which is quietly quite interesting, though we haven't got time to talk about it much now. It's uh, You'd have thought you're going to see James Milner in some position or another. Uh, he may not go with Alexander-Arnold, although I'd like him to. Um, I'm not seeing him at a number of other changes. I think it's the same front three. I think Henderson plays... Uh, one of Chan and Ronaldo, I'll probably keep Chan in, uh, and then and and then go from there. Yeah, it's it's not a lot you can do. I think what's it? Um, the second of five games in fifteen days. So I think rotation will come later down the line when there's a little more tiredness and hopefully a lot more options in terms of yeah having Sturridge back, uh, having Coutinho back. Um, it's it's critical now, not just because of Saturday but also like we've said just in the wider context to have a really positive game of football performance wise result wise I think it's going to be a really difficult game tactically taxing uh, but Liverpool should have enough to beat Hoffenheim should have enough yeah um, I hope Milner plays left back away from home in this game I, I'd, I'd go with the security of that um, I, I think that would be the right move. If he plays in midfield, I think I'll be climbing into the bath with the toaster uh, <laughs> to watch the game. Um, yeah, but, but you know, I, I think other than that, I, I, I wouldn't really change an awful lot. By the way, just for the sake of Paul Senior's health, can I just say that Ma- Matip on the show has got away with absolutely murder today? <laughs> He's absolutely got away. I don't know, Paul Senior will be at home with, with, you know, waiting for him to get slaughtered. Um, I think I think Matip needs to up his game going away from home to Hoffenheim. I want to see him a good performance from him. I want to see a little bit of leadership from the back from him, please. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I mean, what I think is interesting about the, you know, when you talk, you'd put down on the agenda, we'll we'll talk briefly about what Liverpool could do in Hoffenheim. Already we're saying, aren't we? There's not a lot of option. There's not a lot of option, and here we are. And this is why Liverpool stole. If they can do something in this frigging transfer window, it's why it's strange something. he's only bought nine players. It is very strange that he's only bought nine players because, you know that. And and I'm sorry, I'm gone. And when he's and twenty one have gone in the same time, by the way. So nine in, we're not counting Meninga and uh, the other fella. Kolka. Uh, so nine in and 21 gone. I mean, we're probably, you might be counting Meninga as one who's gone, so maybe it's 20 who's gone. Okay, I mean, not yeah. that it matters. I mean, this is the most splitting hairs thing ever. <laughs> I know. But, but yeah, but I mean, ultimately, he hasn't brought many in. He hasn't brought many in, and there's been. Load, there's loads and loads and loads of fingers being pointed at FSG, and I think I can totally understand why, because. You, you do start to wonder about competence, about getting deals done. And I don't think it's unfair. And also, as well, you look at the last time Liverpool reached the Champions League and what happened then. That was another disastrous window. You know, people... people are, I always go on about players are human, fans are human as well. And it's, it, it, it's absolutely right to, to worry and go, well, here we go again. Are we going to blow another opportunity when we could be back at the top table? Why aren't we taking this chance? Because, you know, the Champions League is supposed to be this big golden light wasn't it where players want to come to us now and it means we've got this money and blah 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 blah. and the fact we can't spend it well it's disappointing isn't it 
Uh, all right then, uh, more to come on the Hoffenheim game. We've got a European preview show that Gareth's going to be on tonight with John, uh, which is called Under the Lights. Uh, made up with the name, to be honest with you. I'm normally rubbish at naming things. Uh, that's on tour play. It'll also be a gutter show on tour play, which I'm about to do right now with Mel. Uh, we're running a bit late, Mel, so I'll sum this up quite quickly. Uh, five pounds a month for tons and tons and tons of fantastic Liverpool content. If you haven't thought about it, now would be a fantastic time to do so. I would recommend it highly. It's all great stuff. Uh, I'll be working our way through. We're doing, I think, it's seven shows today across the board, turning things around to get stuff out for you that'll be out throughout the rest of the week uh, this has been the Anfield Wrap I think it's been an absolute cracker in one sense it's great that the football's back Stu Wright Mel Reddy and Gareth Roberts you can Sports Social Podcast Network